The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. People think he's a good God, a loving God, but he's also a righteous God. He's also your judge someday, and he does love us, but he does not like the sin. He wants to see us to come out and be separate from that stuff and grow with him. And at some point in time, I was talking uh, before we went on the air, and God bless those that are, that are watching and listening, is that at some point in time, there has to be something in us that changes, that desires more. If you're thirsty and you're hungry, the Word of God says you shall be filled. And, you know, I want to encourage that hunger, that thirstiness, because, uh, you know, the days of living, going through the motions just aren't very satisfying. Now, some are very satisfied with going through the motions. But I don't want to be satisfied. I want to be someone on point. I want to, I want to, and I, you're going to hear some key words tonight in the teaching. You know, I was, I was teasing. I've, I've had some quiet time to where I want to be one that leaves a legacy. I'm, I'm focusing in on what we're called to do, what I'm called to do, what what am I supposed to be doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Has anybody been praying that way? Has anybody been seeking the Lord? What am I spo- supposed to do? Because when you find out what you're supposed to do, God will equip you with the tools, right? We talked about it on Sunday. It said, I asked the question, it said, who thought that they were, they were made for just a time as this? So if you believe that, if you can say with me, I was made for just a time as this, that also means that you are equipped for just a time as this. You've been through the battles that you needed to go to be just through the time as this. You went through the teachings to be in line with his word to get you through the situation because all of us go through obstacles, right? Every one of us, no matter what age, we went through obstacles. And it's important that we get to the point where we're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about others and where we're going to be our eternal perspective. And, you know, it's on my mind, it's on my heart tonight about about what am I going to do with the days I have left? What are you going to do with the days you have left? What kind of an influence are you going to be on those around you? What, what, uh, what bridges need mended? What relationships need to mended? What healings need to take place? What forgiveness needs to take place to bring others to Christ? And uh, so let's start with uh, in the scriptures today, because we were we were in uh, in Daniel on Sunday and we'll get a little bit of that. But I'd like to start tonight in the teaching in Proverbs chapter 22, verse six. It's a very important verse. It's very dear to my heart. It's very dear, deep in my spirit. And the Bible says. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way. You know, I, I, I've been thinking and praying about this verse because, because we're called to leave a legacy. The Bible also talks about that a good man leaves an inheritance. What are you leaving when you take your last breath? What... What are we doing to train others in the way? Because 
I tell you, I'm so proud of our Sunday school church here at the river and the super church, as we call it. And I'm so proud of the teachers that teach in the in there because the children are learning at an early age more than I learned when I was 25 and 30 years old. As a 12 year old, my son knows more about the Bible at 12 than I knew at 25. Because I wasn't brought up in church. I wasn't brought up in that way. So at some point in time, I had to get my eyes open to the way. And everybody around us has to someday get their eyes open to the way. And that's why I endorse, and, I, and, I, and it's a shout out to the parents. Because listen, they're our heritage. They're the ones following us that, that if you and I have went through obstacles, knowing the Lord, what do you think it's going to be like for the children following after us that go have obstacles that don't know the Lord? It's a dangerous thing to think of because we are going to take our last breath. I hate to say it. I hate, I hate to bring it down, but there's going to be a point in time when we pass the baton and God says, that's it. And I'm so grateful and so proud of the children that are learning and our teachers because, because they've got an advantage in this world when they face obstacles. They don't have to go through the things some of us went through. Praise God for that, right? The thought that they don't have to hit rock bottom before they turn to the Lord. They don't have to get involved in every demonic, nasty uh, junk that's out there. They can make a decision at an early age because they've been trained and taught a more excellent way. For some of us that waited till we're 30, 40, 50, guess what? You just got to start where you're at. That's what you do. You, you, it is what it is. But you make a decision for Jesus Christ, and then you, you turn, you repent, you turn, right? We all had to do it. Some of you were brought up at an early age. You know, Luke from a crib was brought up. When Denise was pregnant with Luke, we would pray over him for a healthy child. Our number one prayer. We would sing praise music. We would play praise music in the house, training even before he was born, getting used to praise and worship. And you wonder why he's a praiser and worshiper. In our study Bibles it says, train up has the idea of a parent graciously investing in a child whatever wisdom, love, nurture, and is needed for him to become fully committed to God. It presupposes that the emotional and spiritual maturity of the parent to do so and the way he should go is to do the training according to the unique personality, gifts, and aspirations of the child. It also means to train the child to avoid whatever natural tendencies he might have that would prevent total commitment to God. For example, a weak will, a lack of discipline, susceptible to depression. This verse is not so much a guarantee against potential wayward children but a general spiritual principle that restates the idea of seeds sown in the early years of a child's life may not bring forth fruit until later years. You know, I'm grateful that I had some grandmas praying 
for this guy. I found out after I was married that there was grandmas praying that she would find a godly man. Well, it took a long time. It took a while. But God's faithful. Amen? So, never give up. Never give up. Because it took 20 years for this guy. I wish it was sooner. I might not have made so many mistakes. I might not have had to repent so much. But you know, there is value into investing in our children. Does it guarantee that they won't depart from the way? No, but it's sure a lot better to start now than it is later. It's a lot better to present them this Bible and this Word of God now than to, for me or you have to sh- take and show them the Bible in prison. Right? Ken said it's better to raise godly boys than to correct sinful men. Yeah. Amen? And it's, it's, it's in me right now because of this legacy. And, you know, it's, I hope that I can teach this how I've received it, at least half as good, because, because without leaving a legacy, how can you expect them to go in that way and build a faith strong in the Lord, committed to the Lord when they go through obstacles? Because we talked about on Sunday about how to count all joy when we go through various trials, right? I wasn't taught up in that way. A trial to me was bad. I didn't want any trials. As a Christian, when we go through trials, we can look at the trial differently, can't we? With fellow believers, we can go through a trial differently. You don't have to go it alone. There's a difference between being a Christian and being a wayward and away from God because there's a promise that says you and I have someone we can count on. And if there was a title of this teaching or a message, just I usually don't do that, but I had this today that maybe help, help it bring in, right? Is, Dad, what are all these stones? Dad, what are all these stones? You see, one of, the, one of the times I talked recently was that we're not called to be rock throwers, are we? We're not called to be stone throwers. But we are called to be ones that move stones and help people in their lives. Call those things that are not as if they were. Speak to that mountain and it move. Or better yet, Dad, what are these stones here where God moved in your life? Are we teaching the ones behind us what it's like to live in faith? Because I talked about on Sunday about how I watched Pastor JC and how he stood on the Word of God and said, God's got this. I saw Pastor Rob stand and be an example to a guy like me that says, I'm going to take note of that. My ears are wide open, my friend, because there was a mighty man of God, a general. And to me, can I, can I put it in perspective? To me, it was like a Moses and a Joshua. 
It's a, it's a Moses and a Joshua. Pastor Burkhart, it was a Moses and a Joshua. And there's a time when each one of us are going to have to stand on our own in this nasty world. And you're either going to have the Word of God in you going through trials, knowing that God's got this, or you're going to go through this world going, what do I do now? Which way do you want to raise your children? Because, because I'm glad that a man of God was patient with me so that I would have my son in a Bible-believing church that when it's my time, he'll be equipped. See the difference? And as you and I, we're, we're going to read in Joshua tonight, because in Joshua it talks about the 12 stones. And Moses had a moment with the Red Sea, and God parted the Red Sea. Right? Was Joshua around then? Right? So as a young man, young boy, we learn things from our leaders, don't we? You see, one of the things that, that hit me this week is that a true man of God should have a desire to want to train up Joshua's like this man. To me, it's fruit. Because either, either you're a reservoir or you're a river. Either you're a lake or you're a stream. And what's in you wants to be put forth to others because there's a legacy you're leaving. And as a Joshua, there should be something in us that desires to glean. How'd you do that? How'd you get through that? How did you, how did you get through that situation? How did you live after the shot put hit you? How did you make it when your front bumper and the windshield were one? How did you put all your faith in God knowing that it didn't look good on paper, but yet moved you from one house to the other house? Twelve stones. How did you get through when, when your wife had, 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 a, had a problem on her neck and God brought you through that situation? Twelve stones. You see, our children need to hear I'm on to something. I, I, I know I'm starting off slow, but I'm on to something because I am trying to teach and I get preaching. I'm trying to teach because there's something in me that I, that I got a hold of this week and on Saturday that says, listen, there should be something in me that's developing the next generation. Are you enabling or training the next generation? Because sometimes love is tough love. It says, come on. How many of us met the spoon when we were younger? You know, the fancy one, the wooden ones with the holes in them so the mama can get more momentum? Mine was a yardstick. Sometimes uh, I always ask Dad, I said, what? we don't even have a ping pong table. Why do, why do you have a ping pong paddle? Right? But you know, Sometimes you have to train. Sometimes a man of God has to train a little bit. Sometimes a woman of God has to train a little bit. Say, listen, it's not always peaches and cream. Sometimes you're going to have to stand on this word of God and get serious with God and come out and be separate and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's how you're going to get through this obstacle in front of you. And Joshua learned working with Moses. 
that it was in him. There was a time in Joshua's life that he had to take the baton. There's no different than there's going to be a time, parents, and people listen to me and grandparents, there's going to be a time when the baton's going to get handed off and you've got to ask yourself, have you equipped the next generation? Am I equipping the next generation to get through this stuff so they don't bow? Am I, am I, am I teaching the next Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Or am I teaching ones that's just going to bow down to everything and live off of whatever and do what everybody, anybody says and tell them what the phone says and just bow down to everything and never take a stand for the Word of God? I want to raise up some Joshua's. I want to raise up some Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that say, listen, for me and my house, as Joshua would say, right? Amen. Joshua made a statement, you can do what you want, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, that takes real faith and real commitment. That's not wishy-washy faith. And the only way that they know that is either the Holy Spirit teaches that and they get a revelation, or you impart that to them. I hope that they don't have to go through a fiery trial and every obstacle to learn it on their own like this guy did. I had to go through some battles and where God showed me that he was there. He showed me in the hospital room that he was there. Right? And there was a preparing and equipping for my season. How about yours? There's an equipping for your season, just like pastor equips us. That's the heart of a shepherd. To teach, to guide, to help. It's in him. Right? Can I get one amen tonight? Amen. Right? Because the word of God is in us to pass it on. That we're not holding it. So go with me into Joshua chapter 1. And I can already see right now, I'm going to have to do some paraphrasing because how I'm going to get through 80 scriptures, I don't know. But in Joshua chapter 1, we read in the Word of God that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua. Who spoke to Joshua? The Lord. The Lord. Listen, that makes a big difference if you're going to teach children how to hear the voice of the Lord. The people that follow us, the legacy we're leaving... How do children, how are they going to know unless they're taught and shown the Word of God that they may hear and recognize the Holy Spirit moving in their lives? Joshua knew what it was like to walk with the Lord and recognized the voice of the Lord. Yes. It's important. I see Christians today that don't recognize God moving in their lives at all. Yeah. And they call themselves believers. It's like, do you not recognize the Holy Spirit moving in your life? And the people He set around you to help you. It's amazing to me. The Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, and Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. There was something Joshua was equipped to do. For 400 plus years, they'd been dreaming about where Joshua was going to take them. There was a special purpose in Joshua. 
he was equipped and trained for his next season. You've been equipped and trained for your next battle. You were born for just a time as this. You've been equipped. It's now your time. Here in, here in the Scriptures, we see that it was Joshua's time to take the baton and finish the work. There's a work to be finished. You see, oftentimes you may have caught me saying that we're not designed to start all over from ground zero. We're designed to take what is in us, birthed in us, all those stones, those, those 12 stones of our lives, those altars, those memorials of our life, where God has done things, and we impart that to our next generation so that they can be equipped and build their faith on seeing God move in their lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, and that's what we do here at the river, because each one of us feeds off of that. Your experience blesses me. Your experience where, where God brought you through something, maybe here's my 12 stones, look what God did for me. This is a memorial in my life. When my, when my faith is a little wavering, when there's a little bit of unbelief in there, then you go back to that altar where you were with God. You go back to those 12 stones and say, look what God did in this moment at the Jordan. Look at what God did when, when Pharaoh was all over us. We finally got free. We wanted to go back and have the onions and the leeks. And even though we complained against Pastor Moses and all the stuff, but yet Pharaoh was on our toes and Moses was brave enough to speak and God parted that Red Sea. And what they do? They walked right on through. Fast forward. Now you have Joshua and it's now his turn. He'd seen God move before. He'd seen the miracles move in his life. You know, it's, it helps me, it encourages me when I see a man of God say, look what God did for me. When God healed my wife, there's hope for you. When God mended my finances, there's hope for you. When God brought this relationship together. Or God brought this family back together. Or when God freed this person of alcoholism and this person of drugs. If God can do it for them, He can do it again because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. You see, there's something about passing on what God's doing. Doesn't the Word of God say that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony? Nobody can take that away. That's yours. That's the 12 stones. When God moves in your life and we can pass it on, you never know what you're doing to help encourage someone's faith and hope and joy that goes, well, I've done so much. Let me tell you what. Well, I've done this wrong. Let's sit down and have a cup of coffee. Let me, let me show you what God did for me. Right? When, when God fixed things, thought that it was all over. In the ditch. And God sends a Samaritan. 
I'll help you if you want it. But you got to take my hand. This ain't going to be easy. But I'm here. I let it go. You're still dealing with it, but it's okay. I've gotten free of it. I see you're still hurting from it. I've moved on and am stronger, healthier, and put my faith and trust in God. And I know that you're wavering and you're struggling and you don't know which way's up. But hey, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm here to help you. There's a difference that happens when you've been the one in the ditch and you're the one that's been healed from being in the ditch. You now are equipped. There's my 12 stones. You see what I mean? When, when you don't know, you're, you're working two and three jobs and you don't know how, to, how you're going to do it. And then God helps you with discipline and helps you in this and all of a sudden you get a raise and you get a promotion and it, it goes from three to two to one to now you're tithing and giving more than you ever did of the other jobs combined. Let me tell you, tithing and giving works. You can't outgive God. You're going through financial trouble. Let me tell you, it works. What He did for me, He can do for you. But you've got to believe. My 12 stones. When I went from not knowing what we're going to do in a wrecked vehicle and $300,000 and lawyer problems and God delivers like only God can. There's my 12 stones. A memorial, you see, for those that would hear that says, listen, there's hope. I'm much wrong. You don't know what I've been doing. You don't know what I've had to deal with. There's still hope. I've seen families not be able to have children pray and have children. I've seen marriages on complete rocks shipwrecked. Might as well be on two opposite ends of the planet and God bring them together. Twelve stones. It's important that we not only tell each other, it's important we tell the next generation because we're building Joshua's, Pastor. Pastor Rob was building up a Joshua. And one of these days, I may have to take that baton. One of these days, one of you may have to take that baton. But you're not going to go empty-handed. You're going to go with a double portion. Because you're not designed to start from ground zero. You're designed to take everything that has been put into you all that time and all those 12 stones. 12 stones that were up on the shore and maybe even the 12 stones in the creek. And people grow in their faith. There's some people that, that maybe you need to hear this. Maybe they're on the broadcast need to hear. But you know, this is how we equip and edify each other, just like when Pastor Rob came. He had a message, yes, but there was another message with him being here that he imparted things to those that needed it just in the right time. There's a battle coming. There's a battle coming. 
Sooner or later, there's going to be a baton when you now are going to be the man or the woman that says, I got something right here in front of me, and it's an obstacle. How are you going to stand? When it's your Red Sea moment, when it's your Jordan moment, when there's something totally in front of you that's blocking where you want to go, right? The Israel, Israelites, they, they were waiting all this time to be free. And now Joshua was going to be leading the way to the promised land. Do you think he went alone? No, he didn't go alone. Look. He says, now therefore arise, go over, go over this Jordan. Yield this people to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. He's encouraging Joshua that he would be there with him, that he wasn't alone. Even though it looked like he was alone, he was not alone because God was going to go with him in his next season, no matter what obstacles he faced. He says, from the wilderness in this and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Mm. Look at this. Look at this. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Let me tell you, there's a promise there. When, when you're being called for that special purpose, and it may not look like you have the answers, and there's every obstacle facing you, you're going to be equipped with God Most High. All the experiences, all the teaching, all the equipping, and God's going to be there right there with you, leading and helping you just like He did Moses. We're not going alone. We've got, we've got Moses all around us that want the best for us, whether they're first or whether we're first. We're going to be mutually benefiting each other. Amen? Amen? The Word of God says in verse 6, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. And again, only be strong and very courageous. Who's saying this? God. God is encouraging right now today. Let, let my mouth be used for His words that, that you receive to in this time, in this season, the very thing that you're being equipped for, that the, the thing that's, that's going on in your life, the obstacles in your life right now, you only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it. Why do so many people keep turning from it? Why are they being equipped 
and they've been brought up in the and they continue to turn from the very thing that will help them and save their lives and help them get through their Jordan moment, help them get through their Red Sea moment. We've got to stay on the Word of God. We've got to be in this Word. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. It says that you may prosper wherever you go. You may prosper wherever you go. You're equipped. You're strengthened. I can't hardly preach that enough. I can't hardly say it enough. That I hope that it's resonated, the sound of my voice, that you're equipped for this time. You're not abandoned. You're not going this alone, believer. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Here recently I've been having dreams again at night and seeing things. I've been getting the word at night. Thinking about the day, getting stuff at night. All of a sudden I'm up at 1 o'clock. Here's something. Up at 3 o'clock. Here's something. See a vision here. See something. See something in a dream. Pray about it. And then the dream is different by morning. I don't think I fell and hit my head. I think when you get this word in you and it just, it just your spirit just keeps churning it and you get the word in you day and night, it says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then, these are conditional statements. That if you do this, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good uh, success. Mm -hmm. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, if you're in need of some strength tonight, I know a lot of people know these verses, but when you apply these verses to your life, let me tell you, there's a way where you can have provision and you can see things move in your life and be committed to God and watch God move in your life. We are proof positive of it, of seeing God move today. You know, there's people that say that God doesn't move today, but I beg to differ. He's going to wait today. Amen. Now look at this. This is this is this is this is important. We're going to move over to chapter three. There's all there's a lot of good word in between here and then. And I and I'm going to have to I'm going to have to keep from reading about eighty verses. But I would suggest this week reading Joshua chapter 3 and, some of, and chapter 4. Because I'm going to only hit a highlight of them because in verse 5, Joshua says something very important to the people. He'd been equipped. He knew that if you're going to see a move of God, there was going to have to be something different. He knew that in watching Moses and watching Pastor Moses, that their 
is a difference. His walk was different with God. There was something that had to be different if you were going to see God move and break through the obstacles in your life. In watching Pastor JC, I know that there has to be something different that I have to strive for. In watching Pastor Rob, there has to be something different that I'm striving for. In watching Pastor Jerry, there has to be something different as these generals in the faith teach us Joshua in the way we should go. And Joshua said to the people, in verse 5, are you there? He says, sanctify yourselves. Glory be to God. For tomorrow, come on somebody. For tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Now, I don't know about you, but you want to get excited about that. To receive a promise that if you would sanctify yourself and come out and be separate, you're in need tonight, you got something going on, that you can believe that tomorrow is my breakthrough. I've been waiting a long time. How many of you ever had something you're waiting a long time? Those is, this Israelis, they, they, they were waiting a long time. They were in slavery, right? All that time, they were waiting to get to the promised land. Moses didn't see it. But Joshua was going to take them someplace different. He was going to take them to that place. He was positioned in that place. And he says, for tomorrow, he knew something was going to happen tomorrow, that the Lord would do wonders among you. You got, you got a need. <coughs> you got breakthrough. Believe for it. Believe for it tonight. Fast and pray and sanctify yourself. Look what the Bible says in our study guides. It says, in in the bottom, it says, the people were asked to divorce themselves from anything that was unclean and to devote themselves wholly to the Lord. You want to see miracles? You want to see miracle signs and wonders? You want to see you want to see breakthrough? You want to see the ability to say God moved right here on this date and I I put 12 stones right here? We've got to come out and be separate from anything that is displeasing to God. Joshua knew the secret. Any time I look back and I examine my life of having a God encounter and seeing God move in a mighty way. It's when I pressed in. I pressed in. I, I made sure there was nothing between me and the Lord. If I needed to repent, repent. If you've got to repent, repent and turn. You, you, you look at stuff you shouldn't be, repent and turn and get it out of your house. You're, you're playing with stuff, get it out of your house. Sanctify yourself. You're needing healing. Sanctify yourself. Come separate from that stuff. Seek the Lord. And watch God move. Amen? Amen. There's some things I told you about that I saw God move. Some of them took a really, really long time. Some of them took a lot of prayer and fasting. Some, some came like this. You're like, praise God, those are the easy victories, right? But when it's gone on a week or two or 30 days or maybe seven years or 20 years, 
and you're believing God. Oh, God. I remember what you did for me here. I remember how you brought us through that Red Sea moment. I remember how you healed here. I remember how you brought my finances through here. I remember these altars, these moments where I sought you and sought you hard and you showed up in my life. And the same thing is, 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 is available to everyone at the sound of my voice. Yes, amen. But you've got to come out and be separate. You've got to put God first. Seek first the kingdom, then all these things will work out, right? Uh, there's scripture in here because Joshua has this moment at the Jordan and I'm going to have to start paraphrasing so I can get you out of here before too late. But in 3 and 4, they have their Jordan moment and they have the Ark of the Covenant and here they are at the Jordan River and it's more than a creek. This is more significant than just some little stream. And here he tells, tells the priest to take the Ark of the Covenant. And it wasn't exactly like Moses where he raises his hand and the waters part. The priest had to first take a step. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it is where things just part and you walk through. But sometimes you got to take a step. And when the priest took a step into the water, the water stopped. And it had a wall 20 miles all the way to the city of Adam. Now I know some people have a hard time believing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery, fiery deal. But the Red Sea moment happened. You either believe or you don't. The Jordan, the Jordan Sea, the wall stopped. And they were sitting there with the Ark of the Covenant. And here the people walked through. And here they're holding the Ark of the Covenant. And the water is held up so that they may walk through. And as they walked through, the 12... 12 Men were they were the tribes, and they grabbed stones and they took them as a memorial. And Joshua took 12 stones and he set them in the river, and they held the ark of the covenant. And your Bible will say the ark of the testimony, which is the same. And the water was held back for all the people to pass. But he told them to sanctify themselves before this happened. Prepare. Prepare for your moment ahead of time before it hits. And then be ready to take a step in faith. Those holding the Ark of the Covenant had to take a step of faith. And then God moved. <laughs> How about you today? It is. I know there's some things I'm believing for right now that I'm trusting God, that I'm building up my faith. I'm standing in faith in certain areas that I'm not going to reveal now or on the air because 
because the Lord knows, just like you may have. But I'm believing that God's going to move in certain areas of my life. I'm believing that God's going to move in certain areas of your life. And we're going to see it happen. We're going to see it happen. And we're going to rejoice together. Amen? So, all the people passed through. They've had the stones. And then Joshua told the priest, come on. Come up out of the river. So here they come up out of the river. The moment that they all got their feet on the dry ground, the river released again. And Joshua saw the power of God move obstacles in his life. They've been waiting a long time. They've been waiting so long, and then they finally crossing over to the promise that they've been waiting on. Go with me to <coughs> Go with me to verse 21. <coughs> Sorry. Are you there? Joshua chapter 4 verse 21. Then he spoke, this is Joshua, then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, what are these stones? You see, dads, grandpas, moms, dads, there's a time where the Joshua generation, the next generation, the sons and the daughters, they're going to ask, what are all these stones about? What are all these victories? What are all these things you're talking about? What is with these stones? He says, Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may hear the Lord your God forever. Amen. There's a moment in each one of our lives that I want to encourage us to build up our faith, to believe. Each one of us has had times where we needed God. Write it down. Tell somebody your story. Tell your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren. Tell them your testimony so that they may grow in the way. Amen. That they, they too, when they face their next obstacle, they'll have something to reference. And you can reference, look, this is where God moved and I put 12 stones right here as a memorial so that we can talk about it, so that you can have faith, so you can be strong in the Lord, so that you be trained in the way that you should go so that when you're old, you'll not depart. Because that was the way that God brought us through he helped us cross over. He made a way when we didn't think there was a way. Amen. He fulfilled the promises 
when we were weary waiting. It took a long time for them to get to the promised land. But now, all they had to do was take one step towards God. Now you believers know, but I believe there's some people that may be watching. And I'm praying they'll just take one step towards God tonight. Take one step. One step. And watch God move in a miraculous way. You've been waiting and waiting. Give God that one step tonight. That one moment. We've tried everything else. The woman that was, been, that was bleeding for 12 years, she tried everything else. Now it's time if we can just touch the hem of his garment. But listen, that was before Jesus died and rose again. Now you can touch the whole thing. You can have a God encounter. It's not just about touching the garment. It's about touching him personally as Lord and Savior of our lives. Making today the day where we cross over from the old way to his. If we would just take one step, watch what he does. It's what I needed many years ago. When I heard the words, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one gets to the Father except through him. On that moment, in my worst days, my worst trials, I took that step. I took that one step of faith. And from there, it's history of stones and memorials of God being a blessing and opening up doors in my life. If he can do it for me, he can do it for all you. He can do it for all your loved ones. If they'll just take a step, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. God bless you till next time. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc, dot org. God bless you.